1: environmental tree-free game all the way from Ethiopia. I have Bethlehem Dejeuner. She is the founder of Zap Free Papers, a paper company. Check this out because a lot of you guys aren't on your recycle game or environmental friendly. It is tree-free and it's more cost-effective. We're going to learn all about that today. How are you doing today?
0: I'm very good, I'm very good. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for coming on. And you know, when I say tree-free, I know there's gonna be somebody out there who says, hold on, I've heard a tree-free, but are they using any part of the tree? The fallen <laughs> leaves, the pulp? So explain what okay. you do before we get into it.
0: Okay, okay, perfect. Um, okay, so thank you for the warm introduction. Uh, so I am Bethlehem from Ethiopia, founder and CEO of Zafri Papers. Um, so it's a company that makes uh, paper that is 100% uh, free from trees. So when we say free from trees, so we don't use any part of the tree. <laughs> we don't use a tree at all um, because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's against the, the environment, uh, so what we use is Agriculture West. Uh, so we work with small farmers that, that, that are um, in Ethiopia and uh, around uh, our factory. So we're currently working with uh, 8,000 small farmers uh, who uh, are committed to supply to Zafri. So our, our paper is 100% uh, free from tree made from Agriculture Wests.
1: Okay, and go deeper into that, because people say, well, if you're not killing trees, what are you using that is, you know, making this paper?
0: Um, So I said agriculture west. So basically, uh, when I refer to agriculture west, uh, I am referring to straw, which is wheat straw, barley straw. So uh, the current practice uh, is either the farmers uh, burn the agro west for a quick turnaround of uh, crops. Uh, or the other uh, practice is they just leave it there uh, to to fertile the soil. Um, so you know uh, when we see when we see uh, that farmers are actually burning agro west for a quick turnaround of crops, uh, that's also not environmental friendly. So you know we uh, so now we're bringing one simple solution uh, for the two major problems. So. Uh, we don't want to use trees for the paper. And then uh, we're we're also uh, giving an additional income for the small farmers by uh, buying the agro-west from the small farmers. And um, so the best part uh, in Zafri and my favorite part is we just we just don't buy the agro-west from the small farmers, but we also uh, give back organic fertilizer because nothing goes to West in Zafri. So what we do is uh, we process and we reuse our liquid waste, and we give back uh, an organic fertilizer for the small farmers. So we kind of work in a closed loop system. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically what we do.
1: Okay. And, the, you know, the paper industry, you, when you read about it, it has very small margins and in, in is this doing it this way, are the margins able to be larger are they even tighter?
0: Um. Okay. So. Uh, well, in terms of margins. Uh, okay. So when we look at the paper industry, uh, there is. Uh, it's not just manufacturing a paper. So when you talk about paper, you also talk about the paper products, the pulp, uh, the brown paper, the white paper, stationery, uh, sanitary. So you know there is variety of paper products so it depends the margin actually depends on the type of uh, paper product you're producing but uh, to answer your question in terms of uh, Zafri so what we manufacture is the paper pulp and we sell it for paper and paper product manufacturers so that they can manufacture any type of uh, paper and paper product using our product so in terms of margin uh, I'm not going to mention numbers, but we have good margin. I can say um, so. It's not tight. It's uh, it's actually a good margin. And even if you see actually uh, paper made of wood, uh, the margin uh, is still very good. It's it's not um, tight as uh, as Zafri. <laughs> this is my comment. So I don't know how um, other paper uh, manufacturers will have. Uh, their view on this, but in terms of Zafri, uh, we say we have enough uh, margin and then uh, we're trying our best to provide this, this product uh, in, in a cheaper price as much as possible because we want it to, you know, our plan is to disrupt the paper industry, so we want it to be as much available to the paper industry so, we, so that we can change the face of the paper industry.
1: And you know, and and I appreciate you saying that. And who cares what those other folks say? We want to hear what you have to say. So it doesn't matter. You know, we we're out of that box of oh, what would the you know the the competition yeah. say? It, it, it doesn't matter um, because you are proving what you're doing. Now I want to get into the nitty gritty because I think that. Um, you know, most people don't know in America don't know anything about Africa, the true Africa. You still get the stupid questions, but then when you have a, a young woman like yourself, who is in this industry, where I'm sure there's not a lot of women, and Ethiopian women get a bad rap for just being beautiful, but not being ambitious. And here you are, you know, disproving that. And if anyone goes to Ethiopia, they'll see, you know, oh, there's everyone's doing everything, right? But talk about how you, as a woman, just thought of this idea and then how did it go from like A to Z? Because it wasn't like, you know, your dad didn't own this, you created this. How did it start?
0: Um, okay, so uh, I I see two questions here. Uh, One, what's the challenge as a woman and how did you get here? And two, how did you start the business? So I'm going to start with how I started the business. Um, So I started uh, working on a waste management project uh, when I was uh, a freshman student. So I went to this uh, big fruit and vegetable market um, in Ethiopia it's called uh, Terra, So uh, I went there with my mom, expecting, you know, a colorful, beautiful, clean place. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, the the the, <laughs> the other way. Uh, it was uh, very dirty. It smelled really bad. Um, so I was really surprised. Uh, why, you know, they were not having a proper waste management. So I just decided to do something right on the spot. Um, so that's how my the whole uh you know waste management uh, project started. and the reason why i, I ended up with uh, paper recycling is because you know like I've had uh, a lot of failed businesses in terms of waste management, like I've done a waste management project, then a plastic recycling and some other projects. but I end up in the paper because um you know, like. The more you learn, the more you know. You want to do more. So I learned paper is made from wood, and four billion trees are dying every single year uh, globally. So I just decided to do something because uh, I've been raised in a home where it's full of trees, and I, you know, I have a special connection with trees. I can say. Um, so I end up in the paper industry, um, uh, starting from, uh, from from that uh, big fruit and vegetable market. Um, So as a woman, um, so I've been raised in a family where I have never been told that I can't do this and I can't do that. So the only, um, uh, you see, like, uh, I am the first uh, child in the house, uh, so like, they've they've actually uh, tried to empower me more. Like my mom always empowers me, my dad always empowers me and they always tell me I can do better, I can do more, you know? Uh, So honestly speaking, I I didn't even know the difference of being a woman and a man (laughs) until I joined university and actually learned, oh, okay, there's actually, you know, there is inequality. (laughs) So that's how I learned there's even uh, that concept. Like I, I didn't even understand the whole Inequality. So after after joining university, yes, well, there are some things uh, that, uh, you know, uh, especially being young and uh, being a woman might be a challenge, but uh, from, from my view, again, I'm saying this from my view, uh, wherever I go, that's not my mentality. My mentality is I can do this, uh, not because I am a woman, but because I am Baiti and I want to do this. So I'll do whatever to to achieve uh, the the, whatever I want to achieve. So I can't say I've been um, challenged as a woman. I don't like saying it. I've been challenged, challenged as a woman. (laughs) I've been challenged as uh, any business person. (laughs) So my answer for you is that.
1: And when you, you know, when you create this idea, what are Uh your, and you're drafting out your plan where did your, you know, your resources come from? Did you have to save money for a year? Did you, you know, immediately go to angel or VC investors? Cause I know you do have investors now. How did that start? Cause I really want people to think about when they say they want to do something and what their mm-hmm. next steps could be to get funded. Cause many people just, they stop because they say I'll never get that amount of money to do that exactly. idea.
0: Exactly. Well, okay, so uh, again, the only thing I had when I started the project was the passion and uh, the willingness to do, to, to solve the problems. So I just wanted to solve the problem. So that's where it started. Um, so I started doing my own research of how I can get finance. So I, I did not have any idea about banks. Uh, but what I, what I did was I had a little idea of, uh, you know, banks, Giving loan, so what I did was I went to all banks, uh, knocking all all door, asking for a loan without a collateral. I didn't even know that worked, but I was just you know saying I have a project, so how can can I have uh, money without collateral? So I don't have collateral, help me. So that's what I've been um, doing. uh, Like I've I've, uh, we have like uh, more than thirteen private banks, so I went to all banks. So uh, while doing this, you know what whenever they see my motivation for you know achieving my project and all they always recommend me and guide me to you know a better opportunity so one opportunity leads to another one challenge leads to another opportunity so uh that's how I found my resources and finally uh I was able to 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 get some money from family and also uh I was able to join an incubation center called Blue Moon uh it's a It's the first agri-tech incubation center in Ethiopia. Uh, So I was able to apply and, uh, you know, uh, make it to to the final and join Blue Moon. So after I joined Blue Moon, I learned how I should reshape my business model, how I should network, how I should uh, pitch for investors, uh, how I should talk to investors. So finally, uh, well, I am here (laughs) because of Blue Moon, I can say, but Again, it's like uh, I've been doing more um, research on how I can raise funds. And again, one opportunity leads to another. So you just have to ask and start. <laughs> I think that that's, that's this, like whatever it is, just start doing. It might be doing a research, but just start. Because that one step will lead you to the next step.
1: And with, you know, joining Blue Moon and then even going down the investor route, Um, I have found that, you know, some people will even get what they ask for. They'll get the the mentorship. But some incubators, I'll say for here um, in the States, uh, they want to hold a piece of your business. Um, Did that ever worry you that, okay, I'm going to maybe give someone too much control of my business, or they're going to give me so much money where I don't, you know, have control. Does that even bother you? Or would you say, hey, for the right investor, (laughs) you know, we'll, well, you can do what you want to do.
0: Yeah, it's, it's actually the most trickiest thing ever. And uh, I can say that was one of the most challenging things we faced in, uh, in Zafri. So after joining Blue Moon, um, so we tried to gain some more traction to attract investors. And uh, we were ready for, for investors. So we started negotiating with different local and international investors. So the challenge was, especially uh, in terms of local investors, uh, so since, you know, the startup ecosystem is not very strong in Ethiopia, so, you know, investing is not, um, you know, a big thing in Ethiopia. So uh, our local investors were looking for bigger share, which was, uh, which was a bit tricky for us because uh, losing, losing majority uh, share um, was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was a bit tricky for us. But we were still willing to compromise uh, seeing the value that the investor will bring uh, but what, what I want to say in terms of, um, you know, relationship with investors for startups is uh, first, uh, it's very important to understand why the investor wants to invest. Uh, so it's, that it's not just the investor that needs to do due diligence on the startup, but the startup should also have a due diligence for the investor. They have to understand why the investor is investing, what value they bring in. It's not just about money. So when you're a startup, uh, the money, uh, only the money will not get through uh, wherever you want. You need experts because, you know, when you're a startup, you're talking about not just a small business. You're talking about a scalable business that's going to you know disrupt uh, a, mar- a certain market. So you have to be careful when you choose your investors. Uh, you have to understand what value they bring to the table uh, in terms of expertise, maybe advice, of uh, even finance. Um, so you have to be able to know the kind of investor or partner you want in your business. But uh, I always recommend for startups not to lose their, their, their uh, power, especially uh, at early stage because it will be very challenging to raise more funds uh, later on. Um, so I recommend startups not to lose their, um, their maturity. At a very early stage, and also understand why they want the investor. It's not just about the money. So most startups, whenever they want investor, they only think of the money, but that's not. That's not. Uh, sorry, sorry about that. Um, so um, they also have to think of the value the investors bring in.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, I have a friend on the continent, and he's, you know, done all the Forbes and everything magazine. And I, me, for venture capitalists, which they're vulture capitalists, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what they, they, they really are. I told him, yeah. you know, we, we said no one time to some money for a, a business mm-hmm. of my wife's um, that yeah. we... We run. And he said, No, the trick is let them own you so you can own someone else. But I told him, I said, I don't want to own anybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I I I don't want it like your idea is your idea, and I'm happy to be a part of it as a team member. But I don't you know ever get into business and say, "Ooh, one day I'm going to take this over." I don't even understand that colonizing mentality. Um, (laughs) So so um and and so you know you being in Ethiopia, where of course every Ethiopian, what's the one thing every Ethiopian will tell you? Do you know? Uh,
0: You've been
1: colonized. So, uh, so to come into business. Uh,
0: that's true. That's true. Yeah, Too much- so,
1: to, so to come into business, you don't want to be be colonized, but you do have to be flexible and, and adjustable. Um, I have to ask this because I can hear someone from the beginning of this interview listening or watching um say how can we get her products into the States? That's going to be the number one thing, even though you're making the paper for people who make different types of paper, I understand, but some folks aren't going to get that and say, forget all that. How do we get this black owned business in the States?
0: Uh, Okay. I can't say we're going to move to the U S very, very soon, but uh, well, Zafri plans to have a Pan-African business model, um, so we, we, we're going to expand to different parts of uh, Africa, uh, so as soon as we start doing that, maybe um, we, we can start exporting to uh, the US market, and I am also getting requests from uh, India. As well. Um, so, you know, like we can get our products to the U.S. and um, uh, other parts of the world as well. But uh, honestly speaking, we, we prioritize the African market because um, the paper industry for Africa is untapped and uh, there's a huge opportunity in, in Africa. So we want to start from Africa. That's why. But uh, we, can, we can always export to, to the U.S. as well. If, if there is any interest, uh, we can also, you know, work on that as well, I can say. So if they want our product or or what we can do is we can link them up with um, any Zafri products. Uh, so we can, we can link them up with our customers who are actually using a Zafri paper pulp to make their products. So indirectly, they'll still get uh, an environmental-friendly uh, products from from our customers
1: I, I want the toilet paper um, that whoever's you know using your product for the the toilet paper that is the business that I have always <laughs> wanted to be yeah in.
0: It's, it's been a big issue since uh, COVID so yeah definitely <laughs> U.S. will get um <laughs> the toilet paper <laughs>
1: OK, I'm going to I'm going to bug you about that. Say who's using it or how, how do we you know go about that? Because the one negative thing I will say about Ethiopia, especially if you go visit and you guys are getting a taste of it by listening or watching uh, and thank you for doing that is when you go to Ethiopia or you hear about an Ethiopian product and you can't get it in the States, like Zafri paper, like Kabasha beer, like anything, like if you're e- eating off the fasting menu and you come to the States and it's not the same thing, like the fast food that options that you have, even for fasting, are uh, just amazing. So that's the, the negative that, you know, you'll be in paradise. And then when you come back home, you can't get it at all. So we yeah. have, to, yeah. Uh,
0: I, I know Habesha beer is in the US. I know they sell in the US.
1: You tell, we'll talk offline about that because I have talked to Ethiopian restaurants. I have well, talked to owners. I know in the UK, but that's a, another conversation because, um, well, yeah, if you say you know, you can get it. I have not been able to find it with all my Ethiopian friends, and they think I'm crazy for asking. <laughs> they say, "You know how much that beer would be," and I'm like, "Yes," yeah, because my guy in the UK told me how much it will be. But people will pay it. Um, but no, that's um, no. That I'm glad to hear that. I'm, there should be solutions. 2020. There should never be where we can't do something. Like I don't think you should have to move your business all the way to the states. But if they're a container, or you know, we can put it on an airplane or whatever you know works. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I I think that you you definitely have something, folks. Here, we haven't mm-hmm. done that here. There's not a, a a company that I've seen yet, especially okay. black owned, a black owned company, I should say, that's doing what you're doing. You know, so I yes. So I I see tree free this and that on Amazon, but it's it's not in the same way you're doing it. And it's surely not a black owned business, which that's big. Is this gonna be your main business for life? Are you gonna be a serial entrepreneur? I know you talked about having other businesses. They weren't failed businesses, they were lessons.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, so I, I am actually already working on uh, one project. Uh, that is uh, actually uh, Zafri is uh, partnering up with um, this project. So have you heard about the Green Legacy? In no. Ethiopia? You haven't heard about the Green Legacy. OK, so uh, the Green Legacy uh, was initially um, initiated by, uh, by our prime minister, Abe Ahmed. Uh, so it's uh, so yearly. There is there is this uh, program where every Ethiopian will plant trees to you know to restore the land and for the environment. So uh, the management. Well, they, they've planted uh, this year. They said they planted five billion trees. Uh, I know, yeah, that's that's a big number. <laughs> well, which we don't think it's well managed. So uh, we came up with an innovative idea that can actually assist um, the green legacy and actually, you know, uh, have uh, be productive. So what we are doing is we are taking the green legacy digitally. Uh, so since you know it's uh, this year, there's Corona and all, uh, so it will be hard for people to gather and plant trees. And plus, it's very costly. So what we're good, what we are doing is um, we have a digital platform that will allow you order your any seedling you want, uh, and then uh, you will get a full package, uh, which is which includes. Uh, I am so sorry about that. Okay. Uh, so which, in, which includes um, 18 months of care, uh, enough information, like updated information about your tree. Uh, you will get your XY coordinate uh, certificate of the tree. Uh, it's, so it's going to be personalized in your name or it can be a, if it's a corporate that's buying it. So you can also uh, personalize it for the corporates, customize it for the corporates. Um, uh, You you can also have, you also have insurance for your tree, which means if it dies or something happens to the tree, we take care of the tree, replace the tree and all. So um, we're providing a package that includes all of this, which means you can own a a tree or even a forest. Uh, So it's currently based in Ethiopia, but we're planning to to make it um, a Pan-African and then a global business as well. Uh, so for this uh, uh, for this uh, season, we're only focusing in Ethiopia and we're working with corporates. Uh, so we uh, will be um, launching the individual platform very soon after we're done with the corporate projects. Uh, so I am involved in that business. Um, uh, so you, you can also own a tree or a first in Ethiopia if you would like, if you're interested. And you can also invite anyone who wants to own a tree in Ethiopia or a forest in Ethiopia. Uh, so we are working on this with Zafri. And um, in terms of other projects, so this is my current project, my other current project. But in terms of uh, having other other businesses, we are. I'm also going to get involved in West Management because. Uh, you know, it's been uh, my initial project, so I want to work on waste management as well. So I will be talking about waste management later on when I have something you know <laughs> uh, good in my hand. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that now because we're still working on it. But my current other project is called Yena Goes Up, which is a digital platform for planting trees.
1: Now, getting a tree in Ethiopia it sounds like a great environmental initiative but what people when they go there i want a house in ethiopia <laughs> and i want a certain type of house because in mekelle i want like a cabin house i want the brick house the i don't know if you've been to mekelle but i want the like nobody is bothering me no tv I'm relaxed. Um, we 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 have something like that here in the states, um, and it's very nice. Um, and it's nice for the mental just to kind of you know decompress. Um, can you get enough trees to say, "Hey, I own this land, um, and now you know I can I can stay as long as I want." Is there any loophole in the law? Americans will eat that up. I'm just gonna let you know, Betty. Yeah. <laughs> If I buy a hundred trees and that equals a, this amount of land and Ethiopia, you know, I can become a permanent resident or, or something, you know, of that sort. Let me know. Cause we, we would eat that up.
0: Okay. So I, I can say the plan is still in a very early stage, but we also have a plan of ecotourism. Uh, so what, what that means is, uh, so when you own a forest or a, a tree, uh, you will ha- you will be able to go and visit the tree uh, you planted so basically you're just owning the tree not the land uh, which makes it a bit tricky with the government but our plan is to actually have like what you said you know a recreational maybe it could it can even be a tree house that uh, you can you know come anytime visit uh, relax and also uh, so since it's a bit tricky with the government, we have not finalized that, but the ecotourism idea is still there. So we do have the ecotourism, except we don't know if we will be able to own a treehouse or, a, you know, a customized house for the owner of the forest or the tree. Uh, so I will definitely let you know about that. But ecotourism is definitely possible. You can come and fill your tree with your family, enjoy and um, you know, you can do your own camping and you can go back home relaxed.
1: <laughs> yes. And what part of Ethiopia are you in?
0: Uh so I am in Addis. Uh our project is out of Addis, uh in Deborah if you know Deborah it's uh two hundred kilometer away from uh, no one hundred twenty kilometer away from Addis.
1: Okay, okay, and, and, and Addis is, is great. Addis is like being in New York, you guys. Addis Oh really? Is, is, is Okay. Busy. <laughs> well, I've never been to New York, but <laughs> good to know. Yeah, but you know, and there's been people who are in the states who've never been in New York, but they can see it on yeah. TV and just see that it, you know, things just don't stop. It's 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 busy. Um, yeah. You know, um, you you have to be. I'm from the city, so I, whenever I can get outside of the city and I, I feel <laughs> yeah. feel relaxed. With you know with with you starting your 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 business and bringing on you know your partners, I, I think you also have a co-founder. Is that a friend or a family member?
0: Uh, so she's a very close friend. Uh, we we worked we actually we were in a conference together at the African Union, but uh, you know we immediately clicked and we became friends. Uh, so we've been working in different projects together. So um, I invited her to be my partner in Zafri.
1: Okay, and 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 can you talk about how partnerships? how you have to nurture that relationship. I don't know if you're married or anything like that, but when you have, you know, business partners, you probably talk to them so much where it's like, my goodness, um, you know, this yeah. is a real relationship. Of, you know, we, we know each other uh, now. How, how, how do you, you know, the good and the bad keep that relationship going in business?
0: Um, okay. Thank God she's a, she's a, she, <laughs> My partner is a she, so um, yeah, you, it's like marriage. You're right, it's like uh, marriage. But I think uh, so. Like before, uh, I started working with uh, with my with my partner. I've had interviews with more than twenty um, potential co-founders uh, because uh, you know I was looking for a co-founder um, by then. So you know I was doing a lot of interviews and. I never really clicked with any of them because I was actually not looking for their expertise uh, which you know I can hire anytime, but I was more of looking uh, for the passion. Uh, so I wanted them to have passion for my project. I wanted them to un- to, un- to understand what um, we are doing in Zafri, what I want for Zafri. And, you know, I- that, that was how I was communicating with um, most of the potential co-founders. So by the time I, I got to, uh, to, to Betty, she's, uh, she's also my namesake. Her name is also Bethlehem. Um, so, you know, we only had one conversation, 30 minutes, and I know she, she gets it. <laughs> like she understands the business uh, as I want her. So I immediately decided, um, you know, to have her as my co-founder, and she started working immediately. She didn't even take um, a day or two; like she immediately started working on the project. So, you know, there, there is passion. She also has passion for the project. So I think it's very important to have, especially when you're a startup. You know, it's a tough world, so you need to have passion for the project. Otherwise, it's just going to be uh, boring for, especially for her. It's going to be boring. So um, yeah, And partnership, I guess, passion and having the same goal is very important.
1: And are you married or have any children?
0: <laughs> well, okay. I am single, uh, not married. Uh, my partner is married. Uh, she uh, and another one coming uh, in the next few months. <laughs> so she's uh, she's currently pregnant, and she has a one-year-old uh, little girl. And uh, the the interesting story about this is um, she gave a birth to her baby on the same day she was born. And I am also born just a day before my partner, so we kind of celebrate our birthday together. <laughs>
1: Okay. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, same name, same, I mean, that's a a coincidence. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you, there's a, there's a, in the States kind of sometimes a, um, it's a negative thing with women who are single and who are successful and people will say, it's going to be harder for you to find someone, which I totally disagree with as a dating coach on the side. Um, because I think a lot of men are looking for people who have their own and are put together and aren't just leaning on one person. What are your thoughts on being single successful in business in Africa?
0: Well, I mean I, I, I see both very separately. Uh so careers, career, work, passion, that that's a different story and marriage, being single, relationship, I, I see it differently. Like the you know, different sector, like I don't want to merge them. Uh, but um you know, people a lot of people say so even uh here my parents, my friends, they tell me I am married to Zafri. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I see it very separately. It's just that, um, you know, um, you need you the right person. So it's just that you are looking for the right person, not, not just you're married to your, your, your business or anything. So I, I see it very, very separately. I mean, uh, yeah, for me, it's separate. <laughs> so, um, well, whatever people say, single or married you can still be successful what matters is uh you know having someone who can actually support whatever you do and believe in what you do and respect what you do so if you get that someone then yeah that's that's perfect but still i see it very separately. i you know married or single or a single mom or whatever um it, it does it doesn't go like if, if you mix the two it's not going to be good. Like you're going to be emotionally, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, very weak and uh, you might affect your, your career as well. So I I don't mix the two. I move very separately. Work is work relationship or marriage is a different thing for me.
1: And and it's really not that difficult. People make it bigger than it should be and more, more difficult. Um, uh, you know, it's it, and, and children, it, it's really not that difficult. People make it seem, you know, you, you just have people yeah. who are being dramatized.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you just have to learn how to manage your life, balance your life. Uh, well, I, I can't say it doesn't have any effect on your business. What, when you get kids and all, you know, there are some responsibilities added to your life. So you have to be able to manage your time and uh, learn how to balance your life but still it's, it's, it's doable. That's what I say. It's very much doable.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm a living testimony of, of that. Thank God. And okay. I, I, yes. yeah. And, and I will tell people kids, uh, marriage, at least for men, marriage will have you more centered and focused, but yeah. children will have you work hard. <laughs> they, yeah. they always need something. So I
0: don't, that I
1: understand yeah yeah no you don't have to have kids understand you know you got other lives you have to provide for you have your own wants and desires and things you want to do and so do these little people I don't call them you know they are little people who have their own things that they want um with all the success that you um have had thus far what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future?
0: Mm, That's, that's a tough question. Well, okay. (laughs) So, um, I, I, uh, I like doing business more than having an NGO, um, because I believe, um, in business, it's not just about me earning money because at some point, you know, when you reach to, the, to a stage where you have your own financial and time freedom, then you have enough for yourself. But after that, you start actually giving back to the community. Uh, so in business, what I like in business is uh, you will be able to change someone's life, and that someone will be able to change other lives. So it's like it have this. Uh, you, you can create a chain, but when it's NGO. Um, I'm I'm not saying anything against NGOs, but in my perspective, when it's an NGO, um, you know, I, I think you'll just make, make them lazy, like mentally lazy. Like you're going to give them, you know, the idea of being, uh, you know, cared, uh, you know, they're going to be dependent. So you are not going to teach uh, people to be more independent and, you know, can change their lives and blah, blah, So. Um, yes, definitely. I am. That, that, that's what I am currently doing as well. I am involved in a startup that is working on environmental friendly project and working with small farmers and all because I want to give back to the community. Uh, but I know I can do more uh, as Zafrik progresses and as my other projects, uh, you know, are on the ground and uh, running. Um, so uh, my way of giving back to the community is uh, creating a good. Business environment like instead of having an NGO or you know just just giving out uh, you know with money blah blah I prefer having a business or a social enterprise that actually will help someone that that will also you know transfer into to, to other other um, other people so that's uh, that's my view well-
1: and, and talking about you know giving money uh you've done plenty of interviews you know folks have seen you online and newspapers how do you deal with being successful and dealing with family and friends who either, you know, want a handout and say, Hey, can you give me money? Um, you know, the wise ones may say, Hey, I want a job, which is always better to ask for a job more than just money. But how do you deal with that? Do you have ways of vetting people saying no, saying yes?
0: Um, <laughs> okay. This is a funny story where, Look, when you are up on the magazine and the medias, people think you are filthy rich, <laughs> which is the opposite, <laughs> which I am not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, so there are some people who think, uh, you know, I have enough money so I can give them. So whenever I say I don't have money, nobody believes me. <laughs> um, so, uh, but... Uh, Okay. So I am, I, I can't say I am very famous, uh, because I am only famous in, um, you know, um, in a space where I own, which is like, you know, the startup world, the business world, maybe the paper environment. So, uh, that is the only place where I am famous. And, uh, I, I think people understand where I am right now and what I can do and what I'm doing. Um, so I, I really, uh, I've never really, I can't say I've never really faced challenge in terms of, you know, family, friends, and, you know, other people, because they, they understand where I am, they understand the startup world, and they understand, I, I actually explain, because I want them to understand where I am, so they actually understand, so I can't say I've faced a challenge, but yeah, there are some, some, uh, but yeah, you just, you just say, if you, if you, if the answer is no, you just say no. <laughs>
1: Okay. So, so there's no, no, no process. Cause I mean, when they do see you on the, the magazines and it's, Oh, she's successful in business. And I know here in the States and people are people everywhere. You know, everyone has an uncle who's had a great idea for 15, 20 years and says, Hey, yeah. can you fund this? You know, I have a new way of doing, you know, Ethiopian coffee. You know, I've been working on the farm forever, but you could take it to the next level. Um, there's, there's, you don't, you just say no. You don't have a, a system for saying no. It just, I'll
0: be their investor. It's simple. Okay. <laughs> I'm just... Their investor. I'm gonna be their seed investor or angel investor. That that's simple because again, I I wanted to be a business. I don't want it to be a charity, uh, so that you know they can help other and the others can help others. So yeah, I'm gonna invest. <laughs>
1: I I had a guest and I I told him him and I are going to be friends because we we just moved to Florida and he he just moved okay. to Florida as well and he said okay. the way he deals with it is so someone will ask him for maybe ten thousand dollars and he says okay I'll give you a thousand dollars but I'll be your last thousand so go raise the other like nine thousand or whatever they're asking for he says you never hear <laughs> from people again,
0: <laughs> no. so. Good strategy,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, so no, that this has been and is good game. I don't want to give people a game overload. I want them to go to your website where the links will be in the description box. I want mm-hmm. them to check out what you have. Um, you know, if you guys reach out, make sure you're reaching out with a focus and not to ask a million questions about Ethiopia or, you know, um, yeah. cultural tourism. Yeah, it's, a you know, let it be business focused. We're going to take our conversation offline. I hope you guys okay. like, share and subscribe. Thank you, Betty, for coming on.
0: Thank you so much. For having
1: me This was fun I had fun I'm glad to hear that You guys Be blessed Thanks for getting in the game And listening to the Diversify Game Podcast With Kellen The number one show Pairing entrepreneurship With diverse and inclusive perspectives Like wine and cheese Bagel and lox Fish and grits Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content. Hi, thank you so much for your suggestion. I appreciate you sending the message. Thanks again.